This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport fan network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Today's podcast is powered by Pitch Football app, available on the iOS, Apple Store or the Google Play Store. Hello everyone and welcome back to episode 11 of the Always Wolves Squadcast. And I'm again joined by Manny. Hey Manny. Hi, how you doing guys? And also Amy. How are you going on Amy? Oh, good, thank you. Hope everyone's okay. Crikey guys, we've got so much to get ourselves stuck into today, haven't we? There's so much happened. Before we get into uh, the, the... the nuts and crannies of what's been happening over the last week and all the talking points that's uh, been going. Um, the Europa League came to an end. We got knocked out yep. to uh, Sevilla. Uh, they ended up going on again to win the tournament. Um, how were you feeling about how we performed on the night and how we did on the Europa League as, as a whole? I mean, obviously, it was a little bit gutting on the night, especially because you thought we had that penalty and you thought... it. If they'd have scored that, I think they'd have gone on to win the tie. But I think towards the end, they just looked absolutely cream-crackered and half of them looked like they should have been stretched off the pitch, to be honest. But they gave them all, they didn't leave anything out. And I was so happy that Sevilla won because I just don't... If you say you lost the champions, no one can say anything, can they? So I was probably in the final. Same as Amy. You know, Seville are class side. We came up against someone who was just, they'd, they'd been there a million times before and we were, like, it was a new thing for us and we ran out of steam. It was, it was just, we didn't have the legs, we didn't have the ideas, didn't have the, didn't have anything really and we sort of hung on the late, late but we, we defended really well and it'll be gutted that we conceded such a poor goal for us, to be honest, um, uh, and the penalty was huge and when you go on and see how Seville performed and uh, they won the final and, uh, they performed in the semi-final. Then you know we we did we did really well getting to that point. So I think it's you got to look at it as an achievement, even though it was gutting and that penalty. Uh, it, was, rewind that. 
it was, wasn't it? I mean, I, I think, you know, I'd like you say, if we'd have scored the penalty, we're quite good um, at uh, defending the lead. But I think the season definitely caught up with us. And it was the one game, I think, that we, we could see where we need to go for the next level in terms of quality and clash, because we were out clash. Remember the first time. 15 minutes, Dave, we were... Oh, fantastic. We were fantastic. fantastic. The the way we, we it was a bit like... They were hanging on, sort of thing. A bit like the Olympiacos game when we scored the penalty. We then sort of went back and it was the same against Sevilla, but they just had that little bit more quality. Yeah, um, just the extra edge is what they yeah, had. So. But when you take the whole competition as a whole and how far we've come and the experiences that we've had and what we've got, I mean, the players were obviously gutted, but really yeah. they, for all the possession that Sevilla had and you watched against United and then against um, Milan in the final... They created more chances against both of those sides than they did against us. Their only real um, chance, which they scored off, really, um, was that uh, that header where we just switched off. Mm-hmm. I think we were just hoping to get into extra time, maybe get into penalties. Um, but it was still a fantastic uh, achievement. And I think it, it brings us on a seamless link because at the end of that um, game, Nuno spoke, didn't he, about the need to evolve the squad, to bring in better uh, quality, to move it up. And obviously that message there, do you think it was um, a general message or do you think it was a message to uh, Foson and Jeff Shee to to back him? How did that come across? Because obviously we're going to move on in a minute into the, the Doherty transfer and then the general transfer situation. What did you take out of that from what uh, Nuno said, Manny? Well, it's the word, you know, the word evolve. That's the real word that we haven't heard um, uh, since he's been there. And that doesn't actually mean just bringing players in. It also does mean seeing where we can improve and and possibly letting players go as well. And and we'll move on to what's happened this week, which a lot of fans are shocked by, but it's part of the sort of the process. And I think that's what he's thinking. I'm sure he's got targets and irons and, and and players that he wants and getting them is key to him staying and signing his contract. That's how it will work, I'm sure. If he doesn't get the players that he wants, if he doesn't get the support and the backing to try and improve the side, then that will rock the boat in his, you know, obviously it will. So, you know, it's, it's, it's crucial. It's only two weeks. It's a short pre-season, but it's crucial. And I think... It was probably sending a bit of a message, not only to the owners, but to us as well, that this is where I am. This is me. I haven't signed a contract. And this is what I need to go, go to, the next, to, to the next level. What about yourself, Ames? Yeah, and I think we all know Nuno. He doesn't, he's straight talking in a very good way, isn't he? He doesn't hold back with what he says, but he doesn't get, like some of the managers do, get a bit too into it. He's quite political in what he says and very like controlled and contained what he said, which you completely respect. But I think, you know, they can only, I mean, don't want to jump the gun and talk about transfers, but with what they've got now, it's kind of, that's the kind of narrow path that they're going on. And everyone, you know, two years in the Premier's been there three years now, probably does want to change, shake things up a bit, maybe try and play a little bit of a different system because people, it hasn't really changed the system in like three years. So, and to do that, he obviously needs backing and needs the support and you'd hope with the investment that close and have put in it, that if they really are committed to, you know, taking Wolves as far as they can go, that they do back in because, me, it seems a bit 
why stop now if you're going to make that commitment and then you just get into kind of like this managing middle of the road club it's not going to benefit them in the long run and it's not going to benefit anyone to do with water fans included so probably a little bit of a message I think there's obviously conversations going behind the scenes but I think yeah it is evolving now isn't it and it's taking it to you know next next chapter of Nuno almost after the three that we've had already. 100% and, and to be fair up until this point he has been backed by Fosun every season we've seen the progress Nuno obviously um he does like this small squad. Um, it's been something that he's wanted, but I think everyone's seen how that's affected us in the amount of games that we played last year, and we do need to strengthen the squad. Um, and The funny thing is, Dave, he will want to strengthen the squad, but it's, it's in key areas and the right people, which is really, really important because yeah. this season, suddenly, we haven't got European football. Mm. We haven't got all those extra games. We ha- we've actually got a normal season. So, well, you know, after it, we started it, in two weeks. <laughs> it's still a normal in terms of number of games. It's, it's yeah. effect, you know, yeah. We've got a weak gap between games. We weren't used to that last year. So. And, and I think as well, like you're saying, all right, it's kind of gutting to have one season of European football. But I think for me, controversial opinion, devil's advocate, I'm actually quite glad because the season is condensed anyway. So it starts, what, two weeks and it finishes uh-huh. on the 23rd two of May. Spurs have got like eight games in a month or something. So Doc is going to be knackered anyway. Um, so, you know, I'm quite, you know, just enjoy being prem, like concrete the squad, trying to get a really good, strong Premier League season, maybe try and win a domestic cup. That would be nice. Um, but yeah, so I think, you know, it's just a kind of a learning experience again and hopefully they can evolve using that word and really learn something together. And it's being said, if there is one season to miss uh, European football, with this, obviously with the pandemic and the travel restrictions, maybe this season coming is probably the season to miss it because we wouldn't probably be able to go and see the majority of uh, of the games away anyway. That does... It's um, not the same, is it? Is it not the same having to see your team achieve so much and you can't go to any of the matches? Like, so we missed the quarterfinal, we missed... You know, so... It's, we don't want that. Nobody wants that. We want to be back there as soon as possible, obviously. And, and if we have to miss, it's it, like you said, it's probably the ideal season. Well, it, it was hopefully if we can get back into Europe for uh, the season after, we'll, things will be back to some sort of normality. So, obviously, brings us seamlessly on the breaking news, the shock news, really, because um, the speculation all around Jimenez and Traore, and then it breaks, doesn't it, a few days ago about... Doherty going to Spurs. I've got to be honest with you, when I first saw it, I thought that's just paper talk. But it's got a lot more momentum and then the deal's done. Um, it's moved to Spurs for, it's, they're saying, I thought it was initially 15 million. They're saying 13.4 million pounds that he's gone to um, Spurs. Amy, I mean, give us your thoughts about that, that, about that, and how you feel about it. And um... I mean, like the initial reaction, I was the same with you. I thought no, because out of all the all the players in the team, apart from Cody, I thought he was the least person to go, and like no signs or anything. And I did feel like it, I was going through a divorce yesterday, <laughs> to be honest. After like ten years of Doherty just being in my life in a Wolves capacity, but. That being said, you know, he's had 10 years at Wolves, he's 29, so it's probably for him, personally, 
his last opportunity to move. And I don't see how the way that he plays can fit in the way that Jose plays. But maybe he's trying to ch shape things up or he's got another idea for a role that Doherty can play into. But yeah, I thought he'd be like clinging to the rafters and like being kind of like forced to leave upon retirement. So I think from that perspective, that's really what shocked the fans. And they obviously, there was a lot of media last week about 10 years of Doc and then exactly right, he's yeah. just gone. So a bit shocked, but I think for him, I mean, he's going to be on a phenomenal wage, probably want to try something to do. It's a fantastic stadium. So fair play and good luck to him. And, you know, thanks for everything that you've done for Wolves because you've been on the ride with us all, which is something that no one really has. Yeah, <laughs> so gutted, but, you know, it's it's transfers, it's football, it happens, doesn't it? And you, Manny? Well, you know what? This proves that you never really know anything with football and all the, all the speculation, anything you read about, you know, Doherty, I, I think he lived in Streetly. He didn't live in Wolverhampton. He didn't live in the bubble of all the other players. And um, he's um, got London connections from his Arsenal fanship, you know, which is famous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's obviously got a connection there and... and it's, it's his enthusiasm in the videos afterwards that Spurs have released to go there. Just shows that, you know, if, if you get an offer for a player, you can't hide it from them. And if you put it to them and that player says, oh my God, I'd love to go there. Because he actually said he wanted to come back from his holiday early so he could actually play for them right, in that, that friendly they had. Yeah. And he was gutted that he missed it. And, and, and that's, for us, it's quite shocking. Oh, he's played for us 10 years. He's been, you know, and that's players aren't fans of the team. People get too attached players. It's only fans yeah. who remain at the football club. Players move on, all of them, virtually. Virtually all of them. They're not actually real fans of the club. They'll quickly take off their shirt and put another one on. It's He's, like Amy says, he's coming into the... He's still got years in him, but he's just seen a massive opportunity with a traditional top six club where they've given him the number two shirt. Mourinho really believes in him and he will start him. And he will play him. And um, uh, I even think Spurs might tinker with changing their system to actually accommodate him. Like Arsenal have this. this, um, uh, this well, I was on the um, last word on Tottenham podcast uh, yesterday, giving the Wolves view. And that, 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 them guys were really, really positive about it. The one thing that they were really surprised with was the transfer fee of £13.4 billion. Pounds. They were like, God, they feel like it's a bit of a steal, to be honest. Yeah, I think we've been robbed, to be fair. <laughs> I mean, hopefully there's something kind of underneath, but yeah, it just... Well, yeah, I, there's got to be this Mendes connection. There's just got to be something that he does between his clients and his agents and the teams he works for. Because remember, we got Matinia for five million and, and then suddenly we got players for 10 and 12 and really good players for really small fees because Mendes had these connections. So it's almost like Mendes says he wants to go. We don't want to hold it against him. They're only going to offer 15 or 13. So just take that and I'll look after you because I've got A and B lined up. I just think there's something more than just the, why is yeah. it so low? I think there's something... You know, in the whole thing, they, they look at it and think, because they don't want to deny him 10 years of service. He wants to go. He wants to go down there. They're not going to offer any more. There's no other offers on the table for him. Do we keep him? And then he plays in a 
away, like a Christian Eriksen last year for Spurs, where he didn't want to be at the club and he wanted to move, and they denied him his move, and then it affects his performance. So it is a big catch twenty two situation. It is a very very low fee. Everyone knows that. What I was talking about last night with my dad is like now he's gone and like Otto's out for six months with his ACL, and that's what concerns me is that they're so reliant on that position within our squad and our team yeah. and both first choices with the experience to hold that position in the Premier League are now not available for two weeks time and that's what you know you think oh yeah it's sad he's gone okay fine but you think right okay what's the picture now what's what are we going to do within that two weeks because you can't I mean we bought players in the last um, year at the start of the season um, and, yeah. and, and Catroni and then they didn't play Neto didn't really start till later in the year and Jordao's kind of not is still around but he hasn't been playing because Nuno likes to train them up within the squad so you think just think that, what's yeah. going to happen in two weeks well to, to, I, I think that's the big the big thing I think I think Doherty going you know okay the price is probably lower than what we think we go we go and i don't think anyone would be grudging he's given 10 years service and he's probably at a time when he thinks you know i've been at walls for 10 years i want a new uh, challenge a new experience fair play to the guy and we do thank you for his service i know he gets some criticism from some quarters but you know the fact that he survives you know multiple managers double dip relegations and change of ownerships and he was still there shows his attitude's really really good so you can't knock him for for going but i think you oh, no. nail on the head the fact that we've, we've only us and Leicester are the only teams that's not brought anyone in, and Johnny's out, and you start the, the, the season starts in two weeks, you start to go be a bit concerned, don't you? Don't you, Manny? I think you know what it is. People have mentioned that, but I, I look at it differently because Neto, Pedence, Dendonka, all of those were brought in when their positions were already filled. So Nuno did have time to leave them on the sidelines and bring him in gradually because we already had players. This time, it's a different transfer. It's just a different thing. We have to buy people who are ready to come in, yeah. who are experienced enough, who know the game. Neto wasn't really experienced. Then Donker and Pedence could probably come have come into the side straight away, but we already have players there. So I think, you know, I don't think players can actually sign for a club and play the first game and start on the front foot and we've had it before and, and, it, and it can work. So I'm expecting two players because I do believe they were already looking to replace Johnny anyway for the injury and, and this Doherty's come on the scene. So there's two players there straight away that they, they have to look for to, in well, those positions. Otherwise, we'll go in light in those positions next year. Looking at the wing-back uh, positions, what we've got within the club at the moment, we've got, obviously, we've got um, Ruben Venegra, we've got Oscar Burr, I think Luke Matheson, who we've bought in the young lad, uh, big prospect. We've still got Dion Sanderson at the club as well. Uh, you know. Dion Sanderson. Brilliant six months at Cardiff. Yeah. But they were very strongly linked, weren't we, with uh, Maitland Niles from Arsenal. Um, he looked like the, the ideal age um, they seem to have put a, a low offer in and then he's played for Arsenal in the um, the charity or the community shield as it is now, got man of the match and it now looks as if Arsenal have decided they don't want to sell him. So I think that was one they were looking at really getting that's gone away. I don't know what you feel about that, whether or not we've gone in too low or we've dragged our feet a little bit and we could be missing out. 
any others that you can think of that would? I think you know he 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 was actually man of the match in the FA Cup final as well for them, and he played brilliantly against us at Molineux when he marked Priory at the game. He brought him on second half and sealed the game um, when we played them at home. I, I couldn't when when he became available. I was like, wow, we're going to sign him. How are Arsenal ever? Letting one of their best young talents go he is a really, really good player. Proven that he's just made the England squad as well. So I was quite shocked by it that uh, that we were bidding for him and that we might have been close. I don't think. I just think sometimes agents and clubs and they do things and they make players available just to alert their own clubs to try and drive the wages up and get a better deal and a bit. And there's a lot involved that we don't know about, you know. And um, if it we did go in with a low offer, then we'll regret it, won't we? Because it looks like he won't come. But I just think sometimes so not all players are really available. If you listen to Maitland-Niles, he was totally different to, you know, someone like a Doherty. He was, you could see he was like, he loved that. He liked playing there. He liked being around those players. It was just... He's know, only 22 as well, isn't he? He's young 20, as well. Yeah. So, so yeah. we've got to move on quickly. However disappointing it is, Got to move on quickly. We, they must have other targets. If they haven't, we're going to suffer. We know that. So they must have other targets. And we've got to wait for the whole window to complete. And it isn't until September the 14th, even though that's the start of the season. Every manager's talked about October the 5th, getting in players for October. Because actually, some managers actually like the fact that they're going to see their team play and see yeah. how they've played for a couple of matches. And then they can make a decision because they've never had that before. Remember, we start a season, you think, wish we'd have another striker, but we've got to wait till January now. And we don't have to know, in a way. We can sort of... Um, uh, well, I we, think were with, uh, we were linked with Polina as well, very strongly, wasn't we? And that seems to have, uh, have gone uh, cold as well. So the, the, the one thing that I'm hoping, and I think that most Wolves fans hoping is like, yeah, we've let Doherty go, but we've got these deals very, 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 very close to uh, competing. I think the next two weeks, probably the next seven days, could be really pivotal uh, for Wolves in who we bring in. But don't forget, um, as, as, as you've mentioned, we've, we've, we've got a game in two weeks. We've got um, the preparation for the start of the season. And we'll come obviously onto the internationals with the international break. Nuno hasn't got a lot of time with the players, has he? Before the They're first not even game. back, are they? They're, when are they back tomorrow? They, they, they start training back? tomorrow, I think. But obviously, yeah, a lot of teams are already training and playing friendlies, you know. And, exactly um, right. Well, yeah, because obviously they finished. We finished yeah. so much later than the rest, didn't we? And so we're going to be disadvantaged. That's just part and parcel, isn't it? I think it's just part and parcel. It's what it is. It it's, is what it is. No, it's, it's a strange it start of the season, anyway, isn't it? To be honest, I think. But, yeah, we're in a position where we've got a game in two weeks. They start that we finish late the season. Half the squad are going to be away on international duties, uh, and we haven't made any signings yet. So, and so Nuno's going to literally have a few days, and then we've got a tough away match against Sheffield United. You know what? I was astounded. I was astounded with the international matches. You knowing that. Your players, you know, we're not the only team that's going to suffer. United City, they're all going to have a huge whole load of their first team squads not available for pre season training. And they couldn't, you know, rearrange, change because it's just so critical that we had all our players together for the start of pre season. So, yeah, the likes of United and City, though, they've got massive squads. Whereas, yeah, but they're not the first 11, are they? They're not the first 11. If you have your first 11 players go out on international, you're affected. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you've got another 
20 other players. They're not going to do anything in pre-season training. They're don't forget the likes of Man City. They've got an extra week off than us because um, yeah. they, they ain't got a game on that first. Uh, yeah. Well, at least at least half of them play for the same international team, so well, be together. There is that. So, um, in terms of like transfers, where we have had a few questions about this. Um, Amy, we'll go with you first on this. Where do we need to uh, bring players in? Do you think how many and what positions? Every area, to be honest, because I think all. Obviously, the wing-back position, which we just discussed. I think midfield is quite solid, to be fair. But, you know, strikers and defence, we're so thin on the ground with that position anyway. And I think it, it creates that competition, doesn't it? Having more players fighting for the position. So, you know, strengthening in all areas is never a bad thing because it makes, hopefully makes them play better and train better because everyone wants that shirt, everyone wants that position. So, I think defence... After what we saw last season when Bolly um, got injured and then it was like having a new signing when he came back anyway. The defence, I always think, has been a bit thin on the ground, even though it's fantastic when it works. Um, and then just up front as well, I think having that kind of attacking, having a real subbing for Raul, to be fair, because he's so integral. And I read somewhere when it was like the Jimenez room is really strong and then the trial room is and then apparently Nuno prioritised to keep Raul over anyone else. It just shows that he's so integral to that team that if he went and even though you probably have expected it more than Doherty going, but you would have that fear of, oh my God, where are the goals going to come from? Um, so probably for me, defence in the number nine position, it just needs that extra fight for it. And yourself, Manny? I watched a goal um, on the Wolves um, Twitter today, like one of those classic old goals, and it was Fernando Gomez in 1999 lashing one in. And in that team was playing Robbie Keane up front and Dean Richards at the back. And I thought, those two players straight away improve our side, straight away. And those two positions, you know, were key for me. Another player with commanding authoritative centre-half and then somebody to back up role and then a more attack-minded midfielder to play in a different way. The full-back thing with Johnny getting injured and now Doherty leaving has now thrown... Well, because now we're looking, for me, we're looking at five players to improve us, to improve us, to go on. We're looking at five players. Will we get five players in two weeks? Possibly not. Might be three, might be two. So it's, it's, it's now change the ball game and um, maybe they will, maybe they will surprise us and they've got targets lined up. So for me, that's the spine of the team, right through the middle, centre-half, midfield and and attack. Because they've, they've, they've prioritised the way they've been talking about looking at replacing Matinho now because he is old and they've got to start looking at that now. They can't wait till he just leaves. You know, So they've got to bring somebody else in um, in, the, in the middle of the park as well. So I think... I think pretty much, I think back up to Raul and let's hope he doesn't leave because then we won't, then we're <laughs> going to need to. And the wing backs, obviously, as we pull, we have got the youngsters that we can use as we've touched on. And Triori can also play that wing back position, uh, saying that he's still here at the end of the transfer window. Um, but that does obviously curtail his attacking uh, powers. 
left-sided defence in that Saez position. I think that would free Saez up then to be back up uh, on defence and also at that sweeper position in in midfield and that an attacking midfielder like that. I think we touched on it before, didn't we? Like that Dave Edwards box-to-box type player, but with obviously a little bit more quality. Sorry, Dave Edwards. Because you just said a bit more quality than Dave yeah, Edwards. I, mean, Dave Edwards, I love Dave Edwards. But <laughs> I love Dave Edwards. You know, but you know what I mean. Um, he was great at the time. He was great at what of, they did at the time. That <laughs> top sort of six quality box to box midfielder. Um, but Dave Edwards, when he, you know, is classic coming up with the, the, the near post crossfield headers. But he did have an engine on him, didn't he? He did do that job box to box. And we, we don't really have someone in that. Uh, in that mould. So yeah, so guys, that pretty much uh, obviously covers the um, the transfers. Obviously, the main concerns is that Jimenez and Traore going out. Uh, a few people asked on the Instagram, do you think we'll lose one of those? I think, you know, one thing fans have to get straight with our club is we're not a Chelsea or a Man City. We're not there straight away after two years of being here where we can just splash hundreds of millions and the best players in the world are going to walk over to us. We, I think, will always sell to reinvest. Oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> we will always sell to reinvest, I think, um, uh, in the immediate future when Jeff Shee talks about step by step. So we didn't expect the Doherty one, and I got my fingers crossed that I think two weeks is just too short time to negotiate a big, big signing like that. So Unless it's already in the pipeline. And yeah, we don't know Tuesday that. and Wednesday, we're all, yes, yes, everything's good in the garden again. Um, yeah. There's a, I've got a, uh, it brings us quite nicely onto the Nuno uh, contract situation. Um, Jamie Hayden on Instagram said, do you think there is money to spend and do you think Nuno will sign this new contract, Amy? Yeah, and it goes back to what we said at the start. I think he's obviously making, um, not difficult, but kind of like putting his um, cards on the table of what he wants. And, it, you know, we all like to think that Nuno is the god of Wolverhampton and et cetera, which, you know, he kind of is. But he's a person at the end of the day. And if he's not happy and he doesn't, you know, like in anyone's job, it's his job at the end of the day. And if he doesn't feel like he's getting the support from his management team, which is essentially what they are, then, you know, he's going to think elsewhere and there'd be a lot of clubs that were interested in him as well. So um, I think if if he gets what he wants and he gets the spending, it's like in any workplace when I'm at work, I just want backing from my manager and the people that you report into at the end of the day and you want to do a good job for them. But if they're not providing you with the tools that you need to do that, then you are going to start to think about going elsewhere or start to maybe be a little bit unhappy. So just him laying down a table and you know like we said before he's a um he's said a few things but he's quite a private person and the private the way that he manages and i think that's the way so it's media speculation as well isn't it that we do have to take into consideration so i mean we all want him to sign and we all hope that the club will do whatever they can possibly do to make sure that he does sign his contract expires is it in 2021 money 2020 end of this season i would say um, yeah i think uh, it is his last year on it so Ideally, like any player, you don't want it to run past January the 1st for players when they, they, they're open to the contract you know, and they run it down. So we don't want that. Is there money to spend? If there isn't, we're in 
massive problem winning the Premier League here. There must be money spent. Do you think they're pulling the purse strings in a bit, though, Manny? Uh, and the reason I asked that, I don't think it's necessary because some people have said, oh, Foson owned Thomas Cook and the, and all this and that collapsed. But Foson are a multi-billion pound conglomerate with so many um, businesses. They own, like, billion pound pharmaceutical companies. Wolves, in the scheme of things, is the smallest. Maybe the most prestigious. It's a drop, and it's a drop. And we also then, on the other side, just because they're worth 120 billion, that 120 billion isn't sitting there just to buy players. You know. No. So um, uh, we have to be realistic in, in that respect. Like I've said before, we're not a Man City or a Chelsea yet. One day we may be. But um, the gone are the days where you can just willy-nilly splash cash you have to show that you're balancing and it has to go against your turnover our wage bill still one of the smallest in the whole premier league you know in the bottom four which is amazing that we 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 achieve so much with it and that has to increase that has to increase but it has to increase gradually and slowly and to be honest we've increased it very quickly in two years we've gone to a european quarterfinal so it's like oh god what do we do now and now we want that next step and that next step is a huge step to take and it's almost like, is it a step back? Is it just a deep breath? Is it like, where are we? Or is it, you know, we don't know the reality. Our uh, communication with the club used to be a bit more transparent with Dalrymple and, you know, likes of Kevin Thelwell. We saw a clear strategy. I spoke to Tim Nash in a Zoom cast last week and um, asked him where he was getting his sources from for the transfers. And he says it is much harder because basically Jeff Shee has took control and they're using a committee and they've got people like Russell Jones now stepped him up and he's doing a lot of the duties that Kevin Thelwell used to do and, and Laurie Dalrymple well, used Russell to do. Russell Jones it. is marketing, isn't he? So he's, 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 now, he's actually, he used to be marketing manager. Now he's the general manager for oh, okay. marketing and XXX. And so he does, he's took on some of the duties of, of Kevin and Laurie. I and think we're missing Thelwell Kevin Thelwell. I mean, I know he got a lot of criticism, but... You know, he, he, he was a good man, Kevin was. I think, you know, um, uh, behind the scenes, very quiet, did what he had to do. Um, and he's gone on to a great opportunity in he America. Yeah, no, I think because um, obviously with the coronavirus. He's there now. He's, he's, he's gone over now. there. Yeah, he's there now. He's, um, uh, the fans are having a go at him now, apparently. <laughs> there might be um, a political thing in regards to this uh, from China. Um, in regards to obviously the pandemic originating from China, all the sort of like stuff that's surrounding that. And obviously a lot of businesses over there, if the state tell them to stop investing somewhere, because obviously China was very, very pro investing in sports and stuff because they wanted to grow uh, their own um, sporting and football and stuff like that, which is why a lot of the Chinese, there was a spate of Chinese takeovers of football clubs because that was encouraged. Um, if they basically said, because of the situation, we don't want you spending as much money uh, outside of the country, that could affect folks more so than that they haven't got the money, more so that they're having to sort of like, like tag the little party line. How, you, we don't know, but that might have a little bit of play in where they are. They're definitely looking to balance the book. But when you look at um, Costa and... Um, Cavalero and now Matt Doherty, that's nearly £55 million in terms of transfers that have been bought in. Uh, I would imagine Swansea are picking up a fair whack of um, Morgan's uh, wages as well. Uh, obviously, they're looking to offset, and I think Bennett could potentially go for two or three million. There is money coming in, 
Um, we've just got to wait to see what's spent on the uh, the outside. I think what what you're saying, Manny, they're looking at probably balancing the book. They had that little ticking off, didn't they? From um, was it UEFA? Was it about yeah. like, the FFP? It was just a little tiny slap on the wrist, with nothing major. So um, I think yeah. because they moved so fast from the Championship into the Premier League, and they did well into Europe, so they had to sort of invest by players. They, I think, they expected that fine, and they I were probably happy to pay it. I expect Nuno will sign his contract. However, if he doesn't get the support and the players we want, which puts him in a position whereas we've got a weakened team going into the Premier League, and you know, if you if you don't continue to improve in this division you stand still anyway so not doing anything you go backwards if he can't continue to take the team forward as he wants and he doesn't feel he's getting the support then that might be the position where he goes oh, you, you're tying one of my hands behind the back i don't people, think people said uh, our last two transfer windows were very successful i see it was when we got into the premier league that was a big one we had to get in rui and joe and you know we had to get these players in to make us better and then we sort of stabilised in this Premier League because we knew we had this good team and we've achieved. Now this, those two transfer windows for me weren't as critical as this one. This one is the one where, where do we go now? What is our vision? Because we've achieved this level now. Where do we go? Do we just try and... Because I don't think no one's going to accept us just existing and trying to survive. We don't want to do that. Surely that's not the vision of Fosun either, even though... You know, we've moved ahead of our times. It doesn't mean, oh, just because we've ha had a head start, we go back to the start line. We have to, we have to, it's critical, isn't it? It's a, it I, think, I think that this transfer window and what we bring in, and you've got to keep the faith, as you say, um, that they will get it right. But it will define the season because, like, fans can be fickle, can't they? they you've already seen on social some crazy comments about comparing Fosun to the Glaciers and stuff like that. It's like that what they've done in four years, they've done everything they said they're gonna do. Until that's got until that stopped happening, you've got to believe that. So let's like you're saying hope that they that there is some news this week. I, I think there needs to be a transfer, a couple of people coming in this week. Uh, because the longer it goes on, the more fans are going to get stressed about you don't want to be dragged into a, a bad start. Not having I think Nuno, training. Like you said, training tomorrow, Nuno comes back, the team comes back. Undoubtedly, the press will be on his back just to get a few words with him. And, you know, those first few words are really important because he said his last words were, I need strengthening. And then his first interview, we haven't been strengthened, we've been weakened. Wasn't Leicester, only team not to have brought any players in at, as we record this podcast. Let's yeah. move on from that. Um, let's go look at some... Happy positive news as Wolves fans. Connor Cody, Captain oh. Fantastic, finally, finally has Got his McLean full England there. call. There he is, yeah. He oh, has his uh, full England call, call up. And as Wolves fans, we've been scratching our heads for ages. How is Gareth Southgate not picking Connor Cody or at least having him in the squad? He's in the squad. Uh, I think we're playing Iceland and then Denmark in the, uh, the Nations League. If he gets on, he'll be the first Wolves player to receive a full England cap. I think, is it Matt Jarvis in 2000? Yeah. How are we feeling about Cody then for England? Go on, Amy. Aww, so proud. So <laughs> proud, aren't we? Oh, there she is. Um, for everyone yeah. watching and listening, on the screen right now, what's your cat's name? Uh, Blossom. 
She's <laughs> absolutely beautiful. If you're listening on the podcast, describe her, Amy. Um, well, she's got wolves coloured eyes, so she's a British blue, so she has orange and black eyes. Look at the camera. She is beautiful, isn't she? Um, but she looks quite moody today, so. Yeah. Oh, cool. So, overjoyed with Cody. Yeah, Cody, I just think it's a long time coming, and I don't want to touch on Harry Maguire too much, but he obviously got um, called up to the squad and then got arrested um, a few hours, well, charged a few hours later. and the first thing I said was like, oh, well, at least Cody can get a call up to England now. And I think it just shows, you know, he's so, in terms of player and the way that he portrays himself, then he just deserves it so much. And I'm just so happy for him and happy for the club as well, because it's been a long time coming. So, yeah, you, Yeah, I, I, it takes me back to the day um, Steve Ball was less so Matt Joyce when Steve Ball got the call up because we were still in the third division and he got called up. That was immense. That was it was one of the proudest moments as a Wolves fan, and then this felt the same way. To have a Wolves captain, you know, be chosen to play for his country, and then Gareth Southgate in the next few days coming out saying that you know they're thinking of maybe toying with experimenting with three at the back, which will give him more chance of playing because he will be you know surely be considered for that in one of the matches. So. To have him get on, you 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 see the way he talks and the way he reacts and the way he celebrates. You know, when he heard that news, I'd have loved to have had a, a webcam in his house because he must have jumped on someone's back. Oh, <laughs> and like, he just loves the game, though. He just loves everything about yeah. the game, doesn't he? I think you know, representing your genuine. country, it's like the pinnacle, isn't it? It's the the for players, it's like playing for my country, wearing the three lions and. And, 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 you know, what a moment for him. I just hope he gets on. Really proud moment for his family. And and, and, and the player, remember, that all of us had written off before Nuno came in. All of us didn't really expect him to have a future. And he's, like, the first name on the team sheet. Oh, mate, it, it, it is amazing. And we should also recognise that uh, our Portuguese, uh, in both the under-21s and also uh, the, in the main team, and also Adama Traore, Called up for the uh, for the Spanish squad as well. Yeah. All puts their value up a little bit more. <laughs> Trial is valuable. So yeah, it's, it's fantastic. I hope he gets on and plays. Uh, Gareth Southgate will get a good look at him, and hopefully he'll take a real good shine to him and impress, and hopefully he'll get included in future. And we can all buy the the England shirt as our away shirt for the season. <laughs> get Cody on the back, absolutely. And that Maddie, you are Maddie, a seamless. That is a seamless link. An absolute seamless link into the home shirt and the controversial um, away shirts. Let's start with the home shirt. Manny, you've got it on there. Your webcam. Well, I've got it on, yeah, I've got it on. To be honest, when it came out, everyone talked about the blacks. Oh, they didn't, and this band is so big. And and it did. And when we've received it, um, uh, it's the best shirt. I think out of the three that we've had from Adidas, it's the best home shirt. The material, it, honestly, you have to feel it. It's like... It's proper. It's like silk. It's like wearing a robe. I feel like grand. Like I must be sitting on a, you know, throne or something. But it's really comfortable. The fit's good. So and it is a classic three stripes. You know, there's no, you know, it, it's a good shirt. I think. And um, and so really on, on, if you're watching it on the on the YouTube channel, it is not as it, you're not as pale as it looks, is it? Because it's your oh, this camera. is bright. Believe it or not, this is my camera. That is, this is quite orange. Manny always has fake shirts for anyone. I that have fake shirts. <laughs> That's why I've got. I've got the tag. 
I've got the tag to prove it. I might return it because you know. But um, yeah, I think it's it is slightly different. I think we've um, said we can keep the same turbans though. I think they do sort of match this one, even though it's like. Good. I'll save you a few quid then. And you yeah, save us a few. Quid. So I'm happy you, with that. You go and get your. Uh... Yeah, the home shirts. It's a good shirt. I, I do like it to be honest, and it looks good on our players. All the players are modelled. It does does look good on them. So, and again, it, you know, it's all about the badge and I the mean, players inside. I like the home shirt to be honest. I think that the main criticism of the home shirt was the the thick orange band. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a little bit on the thick side, a bit thinner. But yeah, I'll be getting the home shirt. Amy, you're you're not such a fan of the home shirt, although you are the queen of Wolves retro shirts, and you've got the old Doritos classic on today. Got the classic. Yeah. One of the favourites, the Doritos on today. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I've got my box of retro shirts, which I seem to be wearing for all of these uh, <laughs> podcasts. Um, the home shirt, um, it is growing on me a little bit. Um, I've not seen it properly in the flesh yet. So they're always a bit different when you actually see them in reality. Was, yeah. That's where I'm going to head out to the shop and... Uh... And see so I'll probably go to the shop and maybe have a look, but um, I mean, I am a fan of the away shirt, controversial opinion, so <laughs> yeah. I will probably be getting the away you, shirt. We, you there. really love, don't you? Because obviously, we did, I did my video, um, and obviously, it's it's split, it's divided, it's a, it's literally is a Marmite shirt. It's very sort of like left field type of shirt, but you absolutely love it, don't you? Yeah, like. I just, for me, it's quite, it just feels quite different. And I think I can see completely what it's been, who it's been aimed at. I think it's more aimed more to female fans. Um, my sister is also a big fan of it. We both said straight away that we really, really liked it. And definitely towards like younger fans and stuff as well. And I think they've really tried to show that in the, the demo, the video that they the did. street with culture it. type thing. Yeah. Street culture, which you can kind of see. And it's got that quite like retro look about it already, even though it's not been worn yet. So I think it's probably more the fashion than the football is what they've gone for. But um, I think it's something a bit different. And it is like Marmite. You either live it. I showed my dad yesterday because he'd not seen it. I don't know what he's been doing all weekend. <laughs> um, but he's 60 in his 60s. So I wouldn't expect people of that age, no offence to anyone, um, to probably wear it. But something a bit different it's talking point um you're, you're yeah, getting it i'm gonna get it yeah at i'm actually price. going to get it at full price which i don't usually do i'm usually get them halfway through the season which is bad but anyway um, oh i tell you what i like it up to that oh, there. i saw your tweet <laughs> <laughs> that one i really love it i thought oh wow classic white adidas the stripes and then obviously they've got uh, quite a it is a, a season for patterns. If you look at a lot of away shirts and home shirts all around the country, it seems a season for patterns. I'd have liked it. I probably would have gone for it if they had gone all the way with the, with the design. It's not the back, isn't it? It's full back. But if you look yeah, at, it's full back. Yeah, if you look at the Mondivo, um, the, the template, it's which have got it, and loads of foreign teams in South America have got They've got this. Everyone's got this shirt. Don't worry about it. It's not only us, but it's only us that have gone with this one colour and then another colour, they've got the same colour, so if they've got an orange or white... And Which then I just think would have worked. And then that sort of blends in. We, we, you know, our aged, wiser eyes, Amy, we need, you know, a little bit more blend. 
threatened. So that's just the way we are, I'm afraid. But yeah. um, uh, <laughs> now I'm sure there's kids, and like I said, like your feel to the female fans, and and I think there's be a section of fans that will still buy it. I still think people well, will I think still that, buy it. I think there's fans that, that I will buy it, and maybe it'll become one of them iconic strips, That's a bit like the Goodyear tyre marks. You imagine, strip. you imagine we're playing You've probably got somebody. one of them game, eh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> imagine you're playing it in the FA Cup final, and we've had to play in that kit because it's the other team. And we wanted and it. Connor Cody goes and lifts the FA Cup in... We'll all buy it then, won't we? It'll be the biggest selling shirt of all time. You know what, though, guys? Um, as a just a general top, as a fa- I mean, I, you know, maybe it'll grow. I'm not for me, but you know. But I think when they because the shirt, the shorts are white, and the socks are white. I think when they wear it as a full strip, it won't look as bad actually on the yeah. players because they'll have the white top, the white shorts, and I think that'll look better. But just as a one-off top. Um, yeah. Not certain as a wearing it. I think probably. Dave, whatever you do, don't buy the full kit, please. Uh, no, I don't have the full kit. Not with his socks and his. We have to this. If you buy the full kit, me and Amy are leaving the podcast. We're yes, starting she out has more. been on the phone because there's a, apparently a position at wing back, and he's uh, <laughs> he's been in touch. <laughs> to okay. How bad things are. Um, the third kit. I hope there will be a third kit. Um, I really hope because they did that green one. I, I hope there's a third kit to sell to save it, and it's a Portugal coloured third kit. That would be. Is there going to be one? I've heard. Because usually it's like Europe, like for when you're in European games, isn't it? Having no, I think I think they, they have to have three different kits. Do, and yeah. the Wolves, and Wolves have done that by having the navy shorts and the navy socks, which is their third change, which they'll wear with that white top to match the navy on the top. So that, I'm not I think sure that's if, where there's a, they... if there's a third kit coming or not, but if there is one, and yeah. I hope there is, I hope it's a Portugal coloured top. That would be right. kind of cool, I think, with the, our Portuguese connections. So, yeah, if you're watching um, um, this on the podcast, uh, please make sure you, you know, on iTunes, well, give us a rating, a five-star rating. If you're watching um, on the um, on the YouTube don't forget to make sure you leave your thoughts on all the subjects that we're, we're covering and we will get back to you. Hopefully this will go out as a, as a premiere as well so you'll be able to chat with us. Um, so the shirts, there's one other little thing I think we should touch on um, and that's the television. Obviously fans are not going to be back in the stadium for the start. We saw the, uh, the Brighton did a trial where they were dotted about. I mean, we've all given our opinions on... Um, how we think we should go back. Wolves will make their own decisions. Um, obviously, you, you can go as groups and we'll wait to see what happens. It looks like it's going to be a phase return. Although, I did a poll and it was 70-30 in favour of um, coming back as one pack, but it's unlikely that'll happen. But TV, if we're not going to the games, last year, obviously, the broadcasters have streamed every single game. And in the EFL, it looks like that they're doing that. But in the Premier League, at the moment, there's only Wolves versus uh, Manchester City, I think, that's due to be televised. And I'm a little bit, don't know about you, a little bit disappointed there's, you know, fans. They're not doing the same for the start of the season did last year. I mean, how are you feeling about that? It just makes it, it makes it quite difficult, isn't it? Because you feel like you've had going, not, you know, we all know the circumstances. So taken away from us being able to go. It was good to be able to watch all the games, wasn't it? Um, when the season restarted, so it you kind of feel like 
it's going to they're going to be playing these games but there's not really going to be much involvement from the fans because you obviously you can listen to it on the radio but then they're probably not all going to be for us at bwm not every walls game will be on wm so you've got these games playing that are really really behind closed doors like almost a secret because you just get the notifications on your phone so um i don't know the reason there must be some kind of legal reasons with the premier league i don't really know the reasons for it but it, it as a fan it's really disappointing isn't it it's really quite you know not heartbreaking but you just feel like really removed from it now I know. What about you, Manny? It's uh, to be honest, it's horrific. It's you know because Sky um, know they're going to get an automatic um, increase in the number of viewers because we've got no other option but to watch TV. So they, their viewing figures must have gone up during the lockdown period because you know just naturally, and it just honestly, um, you know, it must be contractual. It must be some sort of money thing, but it's a different within a different ballpark that we nobody expected us to be in and and companies and clubs and everybody's got a duty to get together and discuss and put those things to one side and and think about the bigger thing it's the fans who make the game it's you know they they say that they say you know all the presenters all the pundits all keep saying harping on about it's not the same without the fans and they can't wait till the fans get back but when you have a decision like this where the biggest league in the world, the richest league in the world, will not have their their matches televised in the sixty million channels all around the world. You know, there's other countries that will be able to watch certain games, and, and we here. Well, you know, it's ridiculous. It's just um, uh, you know, start of the season. You're looking forward to, it, and none of us will be able to watch the match. That's unless we, you know, do things that we're not supposed to. Do. It's, it's it's stupid. It really is, and and. I don't know if they can reverse the decision or do something, but I hope that you know clubs put pressure and supporters groups and and everybody gets together and, and puts pressure on them because you know the thing that I don't understand is that the I mean tell, I don't know if you're right or wrong, but as far as I understand the EFL, their all their matches are being are being play are, are on. But they had a, they had a contract mostly anyway, Dave. This season just gone where. The EFL started showing all of their matches on the red button. Anyway. Yeah, it was the weeknight matches, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, they started doing that anyway, where they were doing it regularly, where you could watch every match, and they've just continued that on. They've got this service that they've built in. But it's the same company, Sky. So what if they can do that? They can do that for the Premier League. It means they have to employ more people, send them to... Their, their viewing figures are going to go up. More people and are going to... And their subscriptions are going up, because if you think you're not paying for your season you'll pay, like... Pay like however much it is for Sky a month, fifty quid a month for Sky because you've well, got BT all the Sport, games. BT Sport got a big increase because we were in Europe. As soon as we were out of Europe, we all cancelled it. If mm -hmm. BT Sport guaranteed to show us all our matches, we'll all subscribe again. So you know, the thing the, is as well, it's it's they've got the regular games. These are the games that they wouldn't be showing anyway. So I don't see why. I, I mean, I'm I'm must admit I'm a bit annoyed the fact that. We've had all that last season, obviously in the situation, but we have been able to watch every game. And now coming into the start of the new season, we're going to, I think in the first month, we can only really watch one Wolves game. And it's, it, you know, we'd either travel away to see it or we'd it's, be at home. Yeah, uh, it's a new, we keep saying it's a new normal, it's lockdown, we can't go, social distancing. So they should have, they've got a duty to cater for that, to cater for the fans, the people that pay a lot of money. 
you know, Wolves fans paid thousands last season, thousands travelling all over the, the Europe and why and, and you know, and now we sit at home and we can't watch. It's it's a ridiculous decision and, and like I said, the clubs really need to get their heads together and, and force Sky and the broad, broadcasters to do more, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's disappointing, isn't it? So, well, obviously, hopefully that can change. Uh, we're on to questions now. I've, we've covered quite a lot because a lot of the questions were about Doherty, Nuno's contract, obviously players coming in. Um, I've got a couple that haven't, we haven't covered. Is Raul, this is from Maori, is Raul Jimenez considered a legend in the club already? Um, I wouldn't say yet. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say yet, not yet. I'd yet. say, like, maybe in a few years if, you know, becomes defining in a successful Wolves team. But I mean, as much as I want him to stay, I think if he went and they got a replacement, you'd you'd have fond memories of him, but he wouldn't be legend status. Yeah, I think... I mean, yeah, legends are Billy Wright, Steve Ball, you know, Stan Collis. You become legendary when you start. We have silverware on the mantelpiece for me. And every we've got a lot of great players, you know, and he's another one. Highest number of goals in their Premier League season, highest number of top flight goals for decades. So he is a great player don't, for us and really crucial. But to achieve legendary status, it's a word that's banned around and given out. I think it's way too soon, like you say. I think uh, if he scores a, a winning goal in an FA Cup final and stuff yeah, like that, then that's yeah. that moment. Um, Drown God, how do you feel about? Uh, Jesus Corona or Tech Catito joining Wolves if Mexico would go wild. The first player he plays for Porto, he's 27, a very, very good player. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, in the Mendes really camp, tough. sort of thing. So, I'm sure I know Wolves they supposedly watch 80 matches a, a week and they sometimes scout up to 2,000 players um, uh, at any one time with a team of like. I think they've got 10 scouts plus the guy who runs them. And they, they, they do a lot of stuff behind the scenes to identify players. So if we're talking about them, the chances are so are the club. Um, it's just whether Nuno fancies that player. They'll be put to Nuno if Nuno's got control, which he should have. They'll put These are the three players we've identified who've got the right temperament, the right skills that you're looking for. And then it's out to get them. So it's it's I'm sure, you know, I don't know. It's a, a lot of our younger fans seem to know a lot more about European players, maybe because they're on the old FIFA and the football manager. And my sons are the same. They all say, oh, oh he's, he's got an 86. He's Britain. What are you on about an 86? He's rating on FIFA. I say, well, that's not, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, I think that's a way. So a lot of names do come out now, which I personally don't recognise. I just have to put my faith in the the people who are paid to do that job and hopefully they bring the right players in. Well, hopefully, by the time we do the uh, the next the episode 12, we will have signings to talk about um, and things will look a little bit more positive. At the moment, obviously, we're recording this. Anything could happen, Dave. We could see Amy holding up a Spurs shirt. No! No! Do you want me to stay on this podcast, Manny, with abuse like that? I can not see that. Shock horror. <laughs> so it was I an opportunity she couldn't... I didn't like Doherty that much. Oh, yeah, it was an opportunity she couldn't turn down. She couldn't... Before we, uh, we finish off and sign off, we do need to mention um, 
that's America Saturday 7. It's happening, yes. isn't it, on September the 12th. I'm going to be a delivery driver as well on this one. Yeah, and yeah, we've had, we've had, unfortunately, we've had one or two of our regulars who help us out who've got other commitments. So we've had to make a couple of new signings. Um, Dave was in my, you know, in my thoughts. So I've took him Fairly, a fairly straightforward contract, to be fair. So, um, yeah, we, September the 12th, start of the new season. We plan the 14th on Saturday. Um, we've um, got about 50 orders in. I'm going from Stafford, Cannock, the Wolverhampton area, Dudley Stowbridge, all the way down to Worcester this time. So um, uh, get me on my socials and um, uh, drop me all a message. All Dementia UK. Yeah, or every, every penny to Dementia UK, every, every single penny, no profits, no costs, no nothing. It's all every penny. So look out on the socials for more details on that. And there's still, as I say, 20 options to get the uh, the samosas. Yeah, I think we, we'll just we never say no. So we'll we'll get we'll get them. Uh, if if you want some, you'll get some. And in addition, we, me and Manny have been giving, doing our keep fit. We've been playing a bit of tennis. Um, played um, some charity doubles games, raising money for again for Dementia UK and the foundation. So if you do fancy uh, challenging us and giving us a game of tennis. Uh, yeah. Again, get in touch either on socials or just leave it in the comments below on the YouTube video. Uh, again, thanks to everyone for, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed this one. Um, Amy, how can people find you on socials? I'm on Instagram mainly, so it's at Amy Hads, A-M-Y-H-A-D-Z. Uh, and thanks again for joining us today. Thank uh, you um, uh, at Pedal Sing on Twitter, mainly that's where I'm on, and Facebook, Manny Sing Kang. So um, click on and, and send me your DM, and um, uh, hopefully, we'll get some samosas out to you as well. Fantastic. And you can find me on uh, on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, YouTube as Dazzling Dave. And Always Wolves also has a Facebook page, or strangely enough, Always Wolves. So, uh, yeah, hope you've enjoyed this one, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, and from all of us, until the next one, always Wolves. New signings. <laughs> we <laughs> No one leave. <laughs>all your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates are already booked in for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! <laughs> Just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.